right. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Megan. He's here today to talk to us about uh, what she kind of builds with education on her own, as well with her Teachers Together English lessons. So without further ado, hello, Megan. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Good. Uh, so Megan and I have known each other now for almost two years, I think. It's been a little bit of time. Um, but for those of you who don't know her, uh, she's a Canadian teacher, uh, works for the Canadian government, and uh, uh, helps with the education over there. Um, she'll give her a little bit more about who she is and what she did. But how did you get your your start teaching online? So when I uh, left the classroom, I actually um, went from, I was teaching in public school system here in Prince Rhode Island and moved to a federal government position to manage learning for Veterans Affairs Canada. And at that time then decided that I missed teaching. So I started teaching oh, six or seven years ago, I guess, online with originally with VIP Kid. And I taught with VIP Kid for a little bit and then uh, had seen some stuff about magic ears. And so then I was teaching some with magic ears and some with VIP Kid. And then all of that, of course, uh, collapsed. And I wasn't uh, someone that had been WeChat friendly or, you know, had all sorts of contacts with my existing students or anything like that. So uh, things certainly changed um, in. In 2000 options, some of the students I have now, I have a fairly full schedule of uh, only private lessons now. Um, but some of the students, I uh, I don't even really know where they came from, from a private standpoint. And then I also teach a little bit currently still with uh, a very small uh, school in China that just has a half a dozen teachers. And so that's a nice way to have a bit of a diversified um, schedule so that I can, you know, keep a fuller schedule. But uh, certainly as the time goes on, I've moved more from their classes to just my my own classes. That's cool. That's very cool. And like, um, have you only taught uh, online through the, the companies like VIP Kid and uh, Magic Cures and then went straight into private teaching? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, I guess, I mean, the, the small school that I teach with in China now, um, U schools, they, you know, I, I started with them around the same time that things ended in China. So that gave me a little bit of a buffer as I sort of then somehow have come across students. Um, you know, some of my students have definitely come through referrals. I'm not really sure where a couple of the private students actually found me in the first place, but they, uh, they've been good students, uh, ever since. And uh, mostly my private students are students that I've had and, and continue to have month after month. So um, it's uh, it's been interesting for sure. Certainly I um, prefer the flexibility of, you know, doing my own thing and my own private lessons. And, and even with youth schools, I have a lot of flexibility. I teach my own curriculum. I choose what I want to teach. Um, and I have the luxury of being a little bit um, picky with respect to students. So, you know, certainly I only take students that um, I'm interested in teaching as well as they're interested in learning from me. And when I taught with VIP Kid, of course, it was anything and everything. And, you know, people were always watching and it's like, oh, you have to be super energetic or super hyper or super this or super whatever. And the same thing with magic ears and, you know, and have funny ears on your head. And um, not that that was really a problem. I mean, at one point in time, I taught I taught swimming lessons um, and lifeguarded. So I've been teaching really for forever. But um, certainly my, you know, my online teaching presence is, is much more of that, um, you know, professional, very experienced uh, teacher. I, I bring my classroom experience. I bring my um, you know, a strong educational background with me into the classroom. So I'm not a great teacher for the funny ears and, you know, and, and high, high energy um, with, 
with students who are super beginner, but uh, I tend to get students who are doing test prep or students who are um, really looking to to improve their their English and really strengthen their English. And I definitely those. have a strong focus on conversation. So. Yeah, you bring up those uh, test preps and conversation. Uh, and I've seen a lot of your lessons and they definitely focus on conversational English. Um, yeah. What would you say are your top three specialties? Um, conversational English would probably be my top um, one. And then science. I do a lot of science, but I... I can teach science and bring in that English conversational skill set at the same time. And there's a real opportunity to build um, significant vocabulary with things like science. So I like teaching science. Um, and then I, I enjoy some of the challenge of test prep. It's sort of a bit of a game to try to figure out, okay, what might be on the test? How is the test going to be formatted? What types of activities can you do with the students that will help them? Um, you know, really do well on the test and, and excel? And then what other types of things do they need because you want them to have well-rounded English skills? So um, probably those would be the things that I, I typically do. I do a lot of um, non-fiction type of material. Um, I don't, I, I, I teach a little bit of wonders, so I do teach some fiction-based stuff, but uh, most of my teaching is, is non-fiction. Yeah, I've seen a lot of your lessons and they definitely fall into that like content and language integrated learning, not just teach this word and teach all that, but you teach a story that helps them understand that word. And I love that. Yeah. How, um, how did you fall into that style of teaching? I think that's always been probably my style. I mean, I, in the public school, I taught uh, science and math in the classroom. So, you know, that's been, that's been my thing, science, math, physics, biology, chemistry, and, you know, a lot of my teaching interest is, is about having students engaged and, and, you know, super interested in, in the material while they're learning at the same time. So I remember one of the classes that I taught and it was a grade 11 biology class in the, in the public school system. And um, I was teaching them about the digestive system. And I had this, this play and it was all about Harriet the hamburger and how Harriet the hamburger got digested through the human body. And so we had, I had handed out the scripts the day before and students had taken their parts. And I'm like, well, you have to practice your part. You have to know what your role is. And then one of the ones who was so insistent upon being the hamburger was the next day and he wasn't there. And I was like, where is he? He wanted to be the hamburger. He has all the lines. And they're like, he's coming, he's coming. And you could see him out of the window. And he was running down the road back towards the school. And he came in and I'm like, where were you? I had to go get hamburger wrapper from Wendy's. And he had gone to the fast food restaurant to get wrappers to be a, a hamburger. And then we did this play, which, you know, really was just them reading lines and whatever. But then they had to just, to draw the path of Harriet the hamburger through the digestive system. And then when we did the final digestive system um, test, and even on the final exam, which was months later, when I had them actually draw and label a diagram of the digestive system, most of them still had Harriet the hamburger, and they even knew some of the names because all of the organs had funny names. Um, you know, so they even knew some of those names, which then helped relate to their functions. It was a very um, successful lesson, very much, you know, nonfiction based, story based. Um, but it really, re the students really related to it. And those were older students, right? Like it was a grade 11 biology class. So we're not talking little kids, but stories work for everyone. Even um, in the work that I do with public health agency, um, I manage training for them now we often use stories and scenarios and we try to engage adults in the same way through stories. And um, so bringing that into the classroom, whether it's ESL or whether it is with adults or science or whatever, it's sort of the best way uh, really to keep people interested in their learning without it being really a, you know, a fight or a struggle. So 
it's uh yeah and and you can remember it and you can relate to stories and you can relate stories to your real life yeah i definitely love stories because yeah they definitely help you relate because you it brings it all together and then you have a memory of it too so <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's very successful um versus here here's a word let's learn the word oh let's use it like it just it's it's much more successful when you can tie that back to something and certainly that's part of how our brain works we need a place to file it and then we need an ability to retrieve it from that filing system in our brain and if we have those stories or those prompts it's easier for us to go back in and pull that information back out yeah and, and i know you're you're very successful uh in uh, working with the canadian government and their education system um and uh you've done the physical stuff as well why do you like uh online teaching what's like your favorite part of it um so i like online learning in general and so that certainly is probably my biggest um specialty so whether it is um online teaching with kids or whether it is self-directed self-paced online learning uh, i've been working in that industry for 15 to 20 years now so i um I build online e-learning modules. And so really online teaching in, you know, in a synchronous classroom is just an extension of that. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways to try things out and see how they work and, and, and all of those pieces. And certainly I get a lot of reward out of seeing students succeed. And so when I left the classroom thinking, oh, no problem, I'm just going to leave the classroom and go to the federal government and that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, it wasn't very long before I realized that I really missed that piece. And so maintaining that sort of piece, because teaching has been a part of me for so many years, um, is I, I do that through, through my online teaching. Right. So then what advice would you give to somebody who's first starting out as an online ESL teacher? You have to really love it. So you need to choose a subject and a topic that you actually enjoy teaching. And if you don't enjoy the curriculum that you're teaching with, if you don't enjoy the students that you're working with, then that's going to come across. Your students are going to know that you think you're, you're just there for the money and that's really not the goal. So you have to really in, enjoy it. So maybe it's not English. Maybe you really do like science or maybe you really like drama or maybe you really like something else. And and so if you can take what you love and and, convey that then it's going to be easier for you to you know get clients and keep clients because they're going to to know and to be able to feel that that enjoyment that you get out of it and want to experience the same thing and you know often we think that oh well we have to teach English because that's what everyone wants well you can teach English but not teach English so for instance you could teach an art class online and the students are all taking it in English. And maybe you're really great at drawing or painting or whatever it is. And you can teach that. So there is still, you know, an, an in a niche and, and, and people who are looking for that. Um, but if you hate grammar and you're not good at English and you don't understand why, you know, we have to talk about theme and we have to talk about main ideas and details and, and all of these things, purpose and gist then, you know, you always hated it, then why would you want to then spend your days doing that? It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, there it's, it's really important to really be, a, be authentic in the classroom. And that authenticity will come through. And, you know, it just, it, everything's easier when you're authentic, when you can be you um, and do what you want to do. Definitely. So, can you walk us through a little bit about what you're doing right now as far as ESL? Sure. So doing a variety of things, actually. So I'm one of the creators with Teachers Together English. And uh, Teachers Together English is, is a um, currently six-level English program. Each level has um, space for 100 lessons, so 10 units of 10 lessons. And the majority of those are actually complete and available through the tutor resource the uh, lessons are designed for beginners right up through uh, to about B2. So, you know, those intermediate to advanced learners. And they cover a wide range of topics. Um, so I've, I've, you know, built a significant number of the lessons as part of that curriculum. 
but I also need other things in my classroom because my focus is often on science or my focus is on um, conversation or, you know, I just have a need for something else. And so when I have a need for um, other things, I build those things and then I make them available. So I also have um, a whole curriculum called Real Life English, which has a bunch of free talk lessons. So lessons um, for beginner through advanced learners. So a beginner lesson, you know, we've, uh, there's one related to just greetings. So there's, you say, oh, how are you today? And every student says, I'm happy. That is like my number one pet peeve. I hate it when my students say, I'm happy. And I'm like, do you want to sound like a second language speaker? Or do you want to sound like a native English speaker? There are other things to say other than I'm happy. And if you ask an English speaker off the street, how are you today? No one is going to say, I'm happy. So, um, you know, I have a greetings lesson and, and really try to reinforce that with students from a young age. Um, you know, sort of intermediate type lessons, um, more functional lessons around like elementary lessons around eating out and fast food restaurants or um, giving directions and asking for directions. And then I have some that are, you know, animal based. So, so some of those interest topics, dinosaurs, and then some of those advanced lessons are things like opinion-based lessons. So in addition to teaching, I'm also a student. So as part of my, um, you know, day-to-day -day job, I have to speak French. And so French is a second language for me. And so I'm very familiar with sort of French second language testing and and I use that information in my experience to say, okay, well, in order for me to be advanced in my French second language speaking, I need to be able to give and defend an opinion. So for English students, in order for them to be advanced, they need to be able to, to make and defend an opinion. Um, and so I have some uh, free talk lessons around that as well. And then I also have science lessons because I teach, um, I teach four science classes a week currently. Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down, but I have uh, two private students that take two classes each. And so I'm guaranteed that I'm teaching four. And, and so originally I was just pulling stuff together and I just, you know, oh, I'll use this and I use this and whatever. But I started pulling those together and posting those on the tutor resource as well. So I think I have four or five science units now available on the tutor resource for other uh, teachers who want to access them. And um, my conversation style certain lessons they're you know very much around having a conversation about the science material there's a lot that goes into making these lessons it's not just like if student says i want to learn about this and you have to go figure out how to make it and a lot of times some teachers will do that but how have you found the most successful way for you to like make sure that your student is successful and has the coherent lesson plan from week to week or day to day? So if I'm going to pick a new science topic, I plan out my entire unit. So I I use existing curriculums to give me a guide. So I'm for, I'm Canadian, so I typically use Canadian science curriculums. Um, there's science curriculum guides that are set out by every province and territory in, in Canada. They're very similar. I'm most familiar with Prince Edward Island curriculum guides, so I usually pull open my PEI curriculum guide and say, Oh, what are the topics for grade two science? Great. These are the grade two science topics. Okay, I'm going to take this topic and I'm going to then expand it out. These are the main things I want to cover. I look at I look at lesson objectives. I then can look at vocabulary words that relate to those lessons and, and think about, okay, my target is a little bit different because my students tend to be second language. So, you know, a an English speaking student here in Prince Edward Island knows what a flower is right? This is a flower. This is a leaf. This is a tree, right? And so you can have conversations about that. But an English second language learning student might need to learn that this is a leaf and this is a stem and this is this is a flower. Um, and so, you know, I sort of, I put that that lens in, on to top of that. And then I I begin to to sort of build. So I can build my lessons out pretty quickly because I've already got that plan in place. I know exactly what it is that's gonna go into it. If I'm looking at an English lesson, like Teachers Together English, a whole lot of work went into designing that curriculum. We considered existing curriculums. We considered um, 
all of the, the various English levels and what was required at each English level, we considered the Cambridge vocabulary lists that are used for English testing. And we looked at um, sequencing all of the phonics in a way that's based on, on best practices in literature so that students are learning phonics in a very sequential manner throughout the lessons. The same thing with grammar. Grammar, we took the grammar and we sequenced it in a way that follows a very logical progression from very beginner grammar up through advanced grammar, but also allows opportunity to return to those topics and review them and, and, and see them again so that they don't lose those topics as they move forward, even though their English becomes more advanced. So because Teachers Together English is so huge with 600 lessons and because it's very sequential, um, you know, it was really important to put a lot of time and effort into planning out those topics, identifying those vocabulary words, you know, sequencing them all. And there also are other creators involved, Teachers Together English. So it was important that we had, a, you know, a, a plan in place so that our lessons, none of our lessons are the same. So certainly, um, you know, you could pick out my lessons, you could pick out Leslie's lessons, you could pick out um, your lessons, David, there's, there's differences in our styles. But in terms of, of how our lessons look and feel and sort of move together, all of that is definitely cohesive. So they, it, it's, a huge, it's a huge undertaking to do that. So if you are going to put together some of your own curriculum, really start with simple things like a unit, right? So, you know, for me, you know, uh, I have one on plants and their adaptations. I have one on animals and their adaptations. Those are, are very, you know, sequence of things I can easily pull those together um, or if you're not yet at that point then start with a lesson and look at 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 free talk is one one way you can do it you can make a list of all the different types of things that you might want to um, talk with students about and then try to build those the content around those lessons but plan it out first what are going to be your key questions when if you've planned it it's easier to build it if you just get in and look at those blank slides and, oh, okay, I'm going to put this in, I'm going to put this in, you end up with a very bizarre lesson that doesn't really flow from slide to slide. Your student's confused, you're confused, you don't know where you were going, and at the end of the lesson, you haven't gotten anywhere because you didn't really start with a plan in the first place. Gosh. I like the fluidness of those uh, of these lessons from Teachers Together English because they do flow together. Um, and they have a common theme for each of the units, which is really, which is really good. Some, some plans and lesson plans out there don't keep that same theme. They might touch on a bunch of different topics throughout the whole unit, which is fine too, in its own right. Um, but because Teachers Together English is so big and it covers all the different six levels right now, how do you place students when you're placing them into the program? Uh, yeah, so there's a variety of strategies you can use. Um, one of the easiest strategies is to ask the parents when you get a new student to send you a video. Send, have your, have your child's, you know, record your child uh, introducing themselves and get them to read a book. Um, you know, you can usually tell whether it's one that has been spoon fed to them and all of a sudden they're being advanced, but it gives you an idea sort of where you wanna start. And from there, you can say, okay, well, I think that this the kid is level one, level two. And then um, if I'm placing, I, I would then start with sort of the middle of the road. So if I think they're level one, level two, I might choose level one, unit eight. So sort of a, a higher level in unit one um, and see how they do. And then I can move up or move down from there. And when I'm in the classroom, I actually have three or four or five lessons all open, all ready to go. And if one seems a little bit too difficult, then I'm going to move down. And if one, we get through two screens and it's great, it's easy, let's, let's keep moving up. So certainly um, in the end, we'd like, we're hoping to build a full um, assessment that allows you to really place students. And we have some pieces, but, you know, ultimately it comes a little bit down to your experience as a teacher as well. And being able to have that conversation with the student. You know, if you say, how are you? And they say, I'm happy. And you say, what did you do today? I went to school. And um, what'd you do after school? You know, you can begin to have those conversations, but you don't really get a whole lot of vocabulary, a whole lot of sentences, a whole lot of response 
then you know you've got a lower level student, even if the parent has told you they're level five, because they may not be level five. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is that every curriculum is different. So just because they're level three in something doesn't mean that they're level three in Teachers Together English. And um, just because a kid is level three doesn't mean that you don't all, you never want to go back and pull a level two unit in. You might yeah. be working through level three and be like, oh dear, this kid knows nothing about pets. And you go back and you pull in the level two pets unit. So, you know, that's, that's one of the nice things too, is that, you know, there are some fundamental things, you know, we expect kids to know their body part and their nose and their shoulder and, but they're in level four. Well, well let's go do a quick, you know, body parts unit might fly through some of it quickly, but at least they've got some of that fundamental information that they need to be able to understand. And just because they can read, oh, okay, they read, they read like what, do they understand what they read, right? Are there words that they don't understand? Um, you know, can they really answer questions about what they're reading on every page? Because often I find, especially with my Chinese students, they can read really well. Yeah. But that's only because they can decode. They don't actually know what a lot of those words mean. And so then you don't have that understanding. I love that about Teachers Together English, the way it was built to incorporate a little bit of reading, a little bit of vocabulary, some story time, comprehensions, uh, parts in there, your phonics. I mean, it's uh, it's got a little bit of everything. And I've noticed that from students who've done the lessons, their comprehension has gone up because of those types of lessons. Whereas you first started at the very beginning, like say level three, and you're going through it and you ask your comprehension questions and they're like, what? And you go back to the story and then they find it in the story. But by the end of level three, they're able to be saying it out of their head without going back into the story, which is really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Um... It's it's very progressive. So if you, you know, start with Teachers Together English and you stick with it and you move through unit by unit, lesson by lesson, you will see your students progress. So can we take a few minutes and show some people some of the lessons? So how to access them, that type of thing and what, and what sure, they can find? Yeah. yeah. So when you go to the tutor resource, and it should load here in a second. Okay. So when you go to the tutor resource, you know, people are probably pretty familiar with this. You land on this page and we've got some categories for teachers together English. It's right here under curriculum. So it's super quick and easy. You literally choose teachers together English and it will open up the uh, main curriculum page. And when you open it, you're going to Sometimes see front and center are FAQs. So there's other tabs here. You can click and learn about us. But these are um, sort of the questions that if you're going to message us and ask us the question, chances are someone else has and it's already here. Um, but, you know, by all means, you can message us. We're happy to answer your questions as well or take your suggestions or your edits. The other thing that's super cool is that you can jump. So these are our levels. You can jump to all of them. And you can you have the button here to subscribe to the full curriculum. So the full curriculum is super cheap. You're getting, you know, 450 plus lessons for $13 a month, $12.99. And um, you can use those lessons in as many classes as you want with as many different students as you want. So if we open up um, level two, for instance, you will see you also have the ability to subscribe just to level two. So if you have one student that you're gonna use Teachers Together English with, or you wanna try it with, and they're a level two student, by all means, for $4.99, you can get access to just level two. And if you scroll down and you can see sort of the breadth and depth of some of these topics. So we have pets and technology and weather, food and farm and my body and zoo and neighborhoods and transportation, playing with friends and birthday party. Um, and we do have people who like to come and, and use our birthday party lessons, you know, over and over again, regardless of what level the kids are at, um, you know, just to celebrate that special birthday. So 
you know, sometimes there might be something that's relevant in there. Now I have uh, opened uh, the Teachers Together English um, Level 6, uh, My Body. And so this is actually um, Eyes, Nose and Mouth, which is out of that um, unit. It's lesson three. And these are built in Google Slides. Some of our lessons are now in Genially and some of them are Google Slide based. But either way, you have the ability to make them full screen. So I'm going to use these three dots and I'm going to go to full screen and you will see the lesson nice and big. And then this is what your student sees. It's nice and clean and professional. So this is lesson three. And if we just uh, click through this lesson, you'll see we have a bit of a song to start. And then I don't want to play this, but normally you would um, a bit of a discussion. Uh, just for some introduction. And then we have one of the vocabulary slides. So this one is for your I. You can then practice spelling E, Y, E. Even though spelling isn't the goal here, the goal here is still that letter recognition. It's level two. You're, they're not necessarily going to re remember E, Y, E, but it's a good um, thing to review the letters. It's great and for scaffolding as well. Is, yeah, this one's all monster based. <laughs> I love that. So any, I love uh, that it's monster based and not human body. Uh, yeah. It gives you a lot more leeway. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this is monster based. You know, the, certainly there are some pictures of human body in here too, so that they can tie the two together. But um, most of it is monsters. And so you've got the eye and it pops up with a sentence um, and then a second uh, vocabulary sentence about two eyes. You'll notice uh, that the vocabulary slides in this unit will all follow the same pattern. So again, practicing the word um, and focusing in on nose now. So his nose and the monster doesn't have a nose. So, you know, we've got that contrast of, of his nose and no nose. We have one for mouth and I'll just speed it up a bit. He has a out. And then we get into this fun monster screen. So this one has some questions. How many eyes do you see? A little bit of math, because you can tell there's a whole lot of eyes going on on the screen. And if you click again, you get a prompt to assist the student in answering in a full sentence if they don't do that. And then how many monsters have mouths? So again, fun, because some of these monsters don't have mouths. I don't know how they eat, but we can't see their mouths, so we can't count them. And then we get into noses. And does it have a nose? This goes back to the monster that didn't have the nose. No, it does not have a nose. And then this is probably one of my favorite slides in the lesson. You get to actually draw. So this is what the student needs to draw. Some of these are words from previous lessons. Some of these are words that are new, obviously, in this lesson. And they draw their monster. There's a matching activity. And uh, what's missing? So you can talk about the words and then you can click through them and words disappear, pictures disappear, and you can try to remember. Um, this is a touch your, touch your nose, touch your eyes, touch your mouth um, sort of activity. Um, and then phonics. So this is just a, a short 30 seconds um, you know, song about the specific vowel that we're working with, which in this line I believe is long I. Yes, it is. So it's our long I. So we get to hear the word and see the magic bossy E and then work through some words. So just some reading of long I words. So it's a bit of a game, pops up. So we'd read bike and we can continue through the spinning activity. It's got a few rounds. And kids usually love, love this spin game. It's quite fun. And it even has ice, which is, you know, certainly a challenging long I word. Then this one, they're listening. So you would say the word and, and hopefully most teachers can figure out from the picture that this is hike. And then the student has to listen and add the I. Some students will just be like, oh, well, I'm working on long I today. It's got to be an I and draw that in there. But um, thinking about listening to that sound and then a phonics sentence to go with it. This is my sight word activity. So this will, in this particular unit, I was all about singing um, the sight word song. So in every single lesson, you get to sing your sight word song. It goes the same way. It's to the tune of bingo. 
um, and you know, you're, you're saying your sight word, seeing your sight word, you know, spelling your sight word. So lots of work with your sight word and then a sight word sentence. Has some grammar. So this is all about capital letters. And so you review the um, rules and then you fix the mistakes. And then a little bit of math. So this is monster math. So we're counting and adding and then some practice without the monsters, just for some extra practice. And that's that, that's the lesson with just a, a simple song uh, to close. So this is a level two, unit six lesson. It does have an extension activity. You wanna try to guess what it is. Obviously it's a monster, but the arrow points to his eye. So we need an eye um, and a tic-tac-toe board and a spelling board. So there's Generally, um, my lessons always have some space for writing or drawing at the end if you're looking for a blank screen in your lesson. So we're going to go from there. That's level two. So keep in mind that's level two. And I'm going to jump you over to level four. And so if you wanted to sort of find that, um, if you remember, we did have the full curriculum up before. So I'm just going to use the back button to go back to that main curriculum page and I can jump to level four. And we'll take uh, just a quick look at sort of what level four entails. Level four has some really cool units. Um, and so we have a landforms, a land animals and a semi-aquatic and aquatic animals, a sports unit and air travel, wonders of the world, animal adaptations, fairy tales and fables, visiting the doctor, camping and American holidays. And if anyone's teaching adults um, in this unit, in this level, there's a number of units that you could very easily use exactly as they are with your adult students. So certainly um, the air travel unit is ideal for anyone who's going to be doing some traveling because it's really all about that process of going through the through the airport. Wonders of the world, um, super high interest, visible unit. It's, it's fun and I'm going to show you a lesson from that. Visiting the doctor, like very functional vocabulary that that certainly applies to adults. Um, you know, you could grab landforms or land animals, sports even. Um, you may want some of the American holidays. Maybe there's a specific holiday you want. So you don't necessarily have to think about using the curriculum. I have to work unit by unit, every single unit. Sometimes you might be teaching an adult and you want to pick some of those units from each level and, and help to build their, their vocabulary. So if we just quickly jump over to um, unit five. So this is level four, unit five. This is lesson six, so halfway through the unit. And this one is part of the wonders of the world. Again, I will make it full screen just, you know, for, for professionalism, ease of viewing. You don't have to. I always make them full screen, though. I don't like the students seeing the stuff from the tutor resource around on the page. I like them to have the words as big as possible in front of them. And this one is about the Colosseum in Rome. And so this is uh, sort of a, a typical example of my, you know, conversation start. You can't come up with your own questions. I've got some here for you, um, you know, which are, are five questions really to have a good conversation at the beginning. We get into some vocabulary words. So we have Rome and amphitheater and gladiator and spectator. Um, and then just a quick reminder, um, you know, what is it? Uh, very quick recall, there is a countdown timer on here, so you can play that, and then you can click and your um, question marks will disappear, and they have to recall the words, and I was very fast because I'm well before the timer. This one, they then use their vocabulary words to fill in the article, and so this is nonfiction um, text, and they're recalling their words, and as you click, the words will appear for you. This is a matching and creating a sentence. So they would have to first identify the picture um, and then create their own sentence for that picture or for that word. And then we're into a reading piece. So again, nonfiction based, um, but, but it, uh, it walks through some of the information about the Colosseum, you know, what it's made of. So there's some really good um, opportunity to talk about some of the words in here to practice reading numbers like 50,000 to 80,000 um, years like 1980. You can talk about things like UNESCO and this actually we read as UNESCO, not U-N-E-S-C-O. 
Um, and, you know, even things like 6 million and have them draw, write the number, like what is 6 million? Write 6 million on the screen. Can you write that number to make sure they really understand that? And then we get inside the Colosseum and then we're into um, some, some grammar work. So this is plural words um, and some plural word rules and some plural form. This one is an academic vocabulary word, so better. So then making a sentence with it. And then these actually are all sight words from this unit. So reading the words, recalling the words, you could have to make sentences again if you want with each word. And then just a discussion about the Colosseum. So um, this is an upper level level unit. So it's that's sort of a two and a four, um, not our lowest levels, not our highest levels. But you know you can certainly see the the change in the lessons from that level two to that level four. There's a big jump in the reading. There's a big jump in the vocabulary and the length of the words. The grammar changes. Um, so all of those things that happen as you as you move up through a cohesive curriculum that is really um, set up in a way for progression. So that is uh, that's that's at level two and a level six. As I said before, we have levels one through six available. So lots of choice. And um, each of those levels has 10 units. Each of those units has 10 lessons. And our units include a review lesson and an assessment lesson at the end. Um, and we are super, super open to feedback. So um, you can message us on our Facebook group and you might be like, oh, I found this point. It's missing. It's got two periods. Someone made a typo and there's two periods. Great. Tell us. We want to fix it and we'll fix it. And we're usually super quick. Um, you know, we would usually fix that in under 24 hours. And that second period just magically disappears. And then the next time you're in the lesson, you don't see it. And other teachers don't see it as well. So we appreciate that. Or we've also had feedback like, I'd really, really like a song in this unit. And this one I really like to use. Do you think you can add it? Yeah, I'm sure we can probably add it. So um, there's um, lots of things in here and uh, lots of choice for everyone. To give you a bit of a sort of a different idea, I did open one of my plant lessons. This is one of my science lessons. This one is built in Genially. So it is uh, different. It opens full screen um, in a different way. It's down here with the two arrows. And um, Genially is cool because we can have uh, an opportunity to, you know, actually hover. We can add hovers and add some information. So some of these pictures have some hidden facts in them, which is sort of fun. As a teacher, if you want to know where the hidden facts are, you can click this little um, hand up at the top and it shows you some of the things that you can click on when you do that and so that way you know you're not missing anything and so again because I like conversation we start you know just with a simple conversation about growing plants and gardens and can you name any plants um, just to sort of get that um, that reactivation of prior knowledge and to get their brain thinking in the right way to be able to talk and learn about plants it's got a bit of a song about plants and then, you know, talks about plants. So very much um, sort of science textbooky sort of look and feel, um, you know, high, high visibility images. Um, these lessons, you have a choice. Your students can read them if they're at that level. If they're not at that level, don't read them. You can read it to them. You can read parts of it. You can use the information to have a conversation. So your student doesn't necessarily have to be able to read these lessons in order to use these science lessons. Um, and, you know, what do they need to survive? Oh, that's right. And then you go on here about survive and live and yeah, this is what they need. And so we've got the rain, which is fun. You can hover over the rain and you get, you know, some information. You can come over here and get some information about the sun. Um, and then we're into naming plant parts. So this is fun because you can click on them. So as they get them right or wrong, you can click on them and you can talk about what those are. 
Gina Lee is, is, you know, as you can see, very different type of lesson. It, this one does have a game, game built into it. I think it's got two actually. So what part of plant of the plant is this? Oh, great, it's roots, I got them right. Um, you know, what part is this? So again, very much, this is focused on plant parts. It's one of the first lessons in this unit and making sure that they really know them. So there's six questions there, it goes through it. And then this one is an interactive uh, video. So you'll notice that it's interactive because you can see there's these little um, raindrops down below. Each of these raindrops is a question. And so when you play this video, it will automatically stop and it will automatically give you a question, multiple choice question for you to ask the student and it knows the right answer. So you don't have to know it. Um, and you can work through that, uh, that interactive video lesson. And then getting into talking about sort of what those roots are. So this is a root. Oh, did you know carrots were roots? Um, potatoes are roots. Beets are roots. So there's things that we eat that are roots. This is food that we eat again, that's stems. We eat these stems. Um, we eat the leaves. So this is spinach or lettuce or, um, and then flowers. There are flowers you can eat, not this one, um, but certainly there's lots of flowers that we can eat. It's got a bit of a matching and sort of that drag and drop, you know, the plant parts with food we eat. So focusing on, you see these things all the time, you eat them. And then you'll see that this picture came back and we still have the hovers in here, but now we've got this worm because we've got the soil and we've got the sunlight. So um, this one is talking about the minerals that are in the soil and little bits of rock and soil that help plants grow. We have a science diagram. So you're actually talking about learning to use the diagram. Most of my science lessons when I teach, because I spend so much time talking with my student and getting them to talk, um, this might take me two or three classes to work through uh, in terms of a 25 minute lesson. And we have another little quiz. This one is similar to the previous one. I think it's a different format, but I don't remember. Yeah, this one's a different format. So it's got some sound as well. I don't know, I didn't share my sound, so you can't hear it, but it's got jungle sounds. And then it ends with a science experiment. So this is a take-home activity and the students can, uh, can try this at home. So, you know, very different from the lessons that I build for Teachers Together English but um, built for science. So you can see, however, the commonalities between lessons that I build in Teachers Together English and that focus on conversation and that talking and engagement with the students and the same sort of activities that would happen in a science classroom. Um, you know, one of the best ways to learn science and math is to talk about science and math. And there's lots of research that supports that. Very cool. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. That is some really great information. So, and if anybody has any questions or wants to get in touch with you, um, is there a way that they can reach you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can message me definitely through the teacher, through the tutor resource page, by all means, on, you know, on the bottom of most of my lessons, if there's a button, you can message me directly. Uh, or if you're wanting to know about Teachers Together English, reach out to us on our Facebook page. I answer 95% of the messages. So it's probably me you're communicating back and forth with. And um, and then I do have um, some Instagram under Smart Sprouts E-Learning, Smart Sprouts Learning as well. So you can see some of my stuff on Instagram or YouTube. Excellent. Well, I do appreciate your time today. I'm sure there's some good inspiration that's uh, gotten out there today from seeing this. People are going to like, oh, I can create my own or... Oh, that's something, something I didn't know I could use before. Um, There's a good variety in what you shared with the level two, the level four, and your own science lesson. So really appreciate that. Uh, do you have any parting advice for any of these new teachers or existing teachers? Um, step outside of your comfort zone and do something that you love. So just because everyone's teaching English doesn't mean you have to. And um, make sure that you are being authentic in, in your classroom and authentic in how you deliver and authentic in, in how you relate to your students. Um, you don't have to look like the uh, high energy teacher with the crazy ears if that's not you. 
Um, so it's really important to be authentic and find what works for you in the classroom. And if you are thinking about making some of your own lessons, then give it a try. Um, but make sure that you start with a concrete plan because parents are paying for lessons and you want to make sure that those students are continuing to advance through that. And it's not necessarily just an experimentation playground because um, that will uh, will quickly upset parents as well. So, you know, as long as you have a plan, you can say, you know what, we're going to do a unit on plants and plant out a patients, um, then, you know, and these are the things that we're going to do for the next six lessons, you can easily present that to a parent as something that, you know, why don't we try this? You know, I think there's some good information. We can spend a lot of time focusing on conversation. But if you just throw in a random lesson here and a random lesson there, then you're not coming together in that cohesive, organized fashion. And, and uh, you won't have the same support from, from parents. From, from parents. That makes sense. So, be authentic and have a plan. Those are the best advice I've heard today. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time. And everybody, thank you for joining us today. Um, if you have any questions, you can reach out down below or you can send us a message at the Tutor Resource as well. Again, thank you, Megan. Take care. Thanks, David. All right. See ya. Hey there, fellow teachers and digital nomads. We're thrilled to have you here soaking up the wisdom from our videos featuring your peers. But hey, we're not just here to entertain you. We want to hear from you. Got a burning topic that you want us to cover? Or maybe you've got an awesome story, an intriguing insight you want to share with your peers? Well, don't be shy. Shoot us an email at contact at thetutorresource.com or drop us a message on Facebook. Your voice matters, and we want to amplify it in our awesome community. Thanks again for watching, and remember to like, subscribe, and smash that notification bell to be alerted when new videos are published. Take care.